Did Spencer Rattler confirm on the Bustin' with the Boys podcast that Marcus Satterfield was the big reason why this offense struggled to get going this past season? We'll dive into that and more today on Locked On Gamecocks. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, your show for the latest headlines and potential storylines on South Carolina Gamecock athletics. I'm Andrew Lyon, the host of this podcast, and also a writer for Gamecocks Digest over on SI.com. Thank you for making Lockdown Gamecocks your first listen or watch here today. We are free and available on YouTube, and as always, wherever you get your audio podcasts daily. Spencer Rattler and Antoine Juice Wells joined Taylor Lewan and Will Compton, two NFL players and the co-hosts of the Bussin' with the Boys podcast earlier this week to discuss a bevy of different topics, sort of what all's going on at South Carolina, what's led them to this current point, and where they're most looking forward to with life in the NFL. And there were some interesting comments that both of these guys made on varying topics. But we're going to start with Spencer Rattler because while on the show, Spencer Rattler seemed to confirm what many have suspected for the past several months, which is that Marcus Satterfield's offense was too complex and the ineptitude of the offense to start last season was part of the reason why Spencer Rattler came back for the 2023 football season. Now we'll talk about more of the latter portion of that statement in just a couple of minutes. But let's start off with the offense's complexity because it's quite obvious that Spencer Rattler, he took a while to get going this past season. And one of the big things that people were sort of curious about was just how difficult were things pre-snap? How much was he having to go through in terms of the terminology before they could even start to run a play? And based on what Spencer Rattler said to Taylor Wan and Will Compton on the Bustin' with the Boys podcast, it seems like that, uh, yeah, there was a lot of things that he had to go through before he could even ever take the snap from center Eric Douglas. So take a listen to what he had to say regarding all of that. What were the biggest differences for you, like being in the play at Oklahoma then coming here to the SEC? Um, just the different type of offenses. Like we went, it wasn't pro style at all at Oklahoma. It was more like spread. You know, you got a two-word play call. Yeah. Um, and you're going one, two, three, four, all pure progression reads. You come here and it's like, why skip the gun bunch left, pass 17, buster nudge, Z spear, X pile on alert. You know, NFL type plays. Yeah. It's where you got to tag everything. And, you know, it took me a minute just to get that stuff down with the progression stuff. But once we got it down and kind of not simplified, but did what we did best, that's when we cut it loose towards the end. Mm -hmm. Now, for those of you who are listening to today's show on an audio podcast app, just to give you a little extra context, while Spencer Rattler was giving that answer there in the clip that I just played, Juice Wells, he was sitting right next to him, of course, with this whole interview. And, um, he was just sitting there shaking his head as Spencer really got into the weeds of sort of some of the verbiage and the terminology that he was expected to use and how much of it was involved with each individual play call, seemingly agreeing that at the minimum, it was something that was quite difficult, that was um, 
a real big weight, really, on Spencer Rattler's shoulders when it came to having to get the offense completely prepared for whatever the defense was giving them, again, before they even ran their plays. And you can imagine, compared to an air raid offense, why this pro-style offense, this complex in terms of that aspect of the game, might have had an impact on Spencer Rattler's play last year. And I think there's far too many outsiders, people that don't watch South Carolina's football program or cover it, that just do not fully understand that that really had a massive impact on Spencer Rattler and what all happened in the first eight, nine games of the 2022 season. And that was uh, something that he mentioned at the end of that clip, which was that when they started to simplify and do what the best players did the best on this offense, that was when things really started to click. So, you could also take that to be a little bit of an underlying shot at Marcus Satterfield because, of course, it was said that that was really what they tried to focus on for the Tennessee and Clemson game. Of course, the two best offensive performances, especially when you look at the competition aspect from the entire year this past season. Now, this slow offensive start that did take place last year also apparently seemed to be a big reason why Spencer Rattler decided that he wanted to come back and play in Columbia once again for the 2023 season. Here's another clip of him discussing that point. Just a lot of stuff left on the table, not just for me, but, you know, Juice came back. A lot of guys came back. So I feel like we didn't start the year how we wanted. If we started the year great, you know, we might have had a different decision. But the first half of the year was kind of up and down. Really, from November on, we turned it up. And uh, we just want to keep that going into this next year. So, obviously, right there, when you hear those words from Spencer Rattler, you could see very clearly that Marcus Satterfield and the way that this offense was constructed seemed to really hold back Spencer Rattler this past season and, in a way, led to him coming back. So, I know that maybe some of y'all are sitting there joking to yourselves right now uh, saying that, hey, you know, maybe we should actually thank Marcus Satterfield because that's the reason why Spencer Rattler came back to South Carolina. But at the same time, you got to look at the flip side of the coin there, which is that if Spencer Rattler and this offense was run properly this past fall, then South Carolina could have won maybe nine games. Maybe they could have won 10 games. And we could have seen them go to a much better bowl game than even the Gator Bowl, which is a historic bowl game. And Spencer Rattler and Juice Wells would probably be off to the NFL training for the draft and everything. And we'd be having a whole nother discussion right here. And it's apparent that based on the retweet of a fellow defensive player from last year's squad, that the offensive players were not the only ones that felt like this offense was too complex at times. As the Spurs Up show, they had their own tweet yesterday regarding the clip where Spencer Rattler talked about Again, the difference between the offense at Oklahoma and the offense at South Carolina. And mentioned how the clip just further solidifies that Marcus Satterfield dang near deserves all the blame for the offensive struggles throughout the 2022 season. Glad he's Nebraska's problem now. Those are his words, of course. And Zach Pickens, the star defensive tackle for South Carolina that's now getting ready to move on to the NFL, happened to come across that tweet and retweeted it for everybody to see on his Twitter line. So, very apparent, again, based on these comments, while Rattler did not specifically call out Marcus Satterfield, it's pretty clear what he was hinting at here with these answers on the Bustin' with the Boys podcast. Now, Spencer Rattler, of course, was not the only player on the show. Antoine Juice Wells was also there with him being interviewed. And 
Antoine Juice Wells really provided a ton of insight into one aspect of sort of how he is wired as a football player. And it is something unlike anything we have probably ever seen in the history of South Carolina's football program. We'll dive into that more specifically in just a couple moments right here on Locked On Gamecocks. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. The NBA's regular season is nearing the home stretch. And because of that, right now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right this second, if you decide to join FanDuel, you can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. You can bet on quite literally anything from the money line to a specific prop bet and even make your own same-game parlay on any game that piques your interest. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Welcome back to this Tuesday edition of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your South Carolina Gamecocks every single day. All right, let's continue our conversation regarding Spencer Ryler and Antoine Juicewell's conversations that they had with Will Compton and Taylor Luan of the Bussin' with the Boys podcast. So Antoine Juice Wells, of course, was also on the show with Spencer Rattler. And based on what all he had to say on the show, I had one main takeaway coming out of listening to the podcast, which is Juice Wells is unlike any receiver that we've ever seen at South Carolina in terms of the mentality that he carries and how unapologetic he is for it, in a good way, of course. And when talking about this mentality, the guys brought up the transfer portal, obviously something that is a big part now of modern-day college football. And Antoine Juice Wells, honestly, is one of the biggest success stories when it comes to the transfer portal. A kid that, again, was at James Madison and starred down there at the FCS level before they moved up to the FBS level, but felt like that he had a lot more that he could prove to people. And so he wound up taking the chance to leave James Madison after two seasons there and went on to South Carolina, of course, was a star player for this team this past fall. And based on what he told Taylor Lewan and Will Compton on the Bustin' with the Boys podcast, it's pretty apparent that this was the plan for Juice Wells from the jump when he arrived at James Madison. But I see, like, they be like, you know, the transfer portal, bogus, all this other stuff, but I definitely use it to my advantage. You know, I always was like an underdog coming out of high school. Like you said, I had a low GPA coming out of high school, so uh, I was having a hard time. And uh, coming out of high school, I went to Fort Union Military Academy. It was like a, it's, it's a famous one. Y'all might have heard of it or something like that. But um, I went there for three months, six months or whatever. No phone, no nothing. Got me right, though. You know what I'm saying? So I went there. And then I went to JMU. And uh, I just went there with a chip on my shoulder. And I knew I didn't belong there. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, I'm going to just come here, kill. You know what I'm saying? Then hit the portal. And I told the seniors that when I first got there, I'm like, look. I'm only here for about two years, and I'm gone, you know what I'm saying? So I went there, did what I had to do, and now I'm here. 
Can you just imagine the reaction from the senior players for James Madison where this new cat comes in from Forking New Military Academy and he comes right on in and he says from the jump that, hey, guys, look, I'm glad to be here. Happy to be y'all's teammate. But I just want you to know, I don't plan on being around here for very long. I'm going to be in the... I'm going to be making a jump from here to a bigger school once I get that opportunity. It just goes to show y'all just how much confidence that Antoine Juice Wells plays with. Some people might take what he said there and sort of his mentality as arrogance. I do not take it that way. I think that especially if you're going to be a star wide receiver in the game of American football, you have got to have that moxie. You've got to have an attitude and you've got to have a certain image of yourself in your head to be that kind of guy. And I think that Antoine Juice Wells clearly has that. And he didn't just reference to that when talking about the transfer portal. He also referenced to that mentality when he was asked about which cornerback in the SEC does he respect the most. The answer that he gave might surprise you a little bit. Who's the, uh, who do you respect the most as a corner in, in the SEC? None of Killer mentality right here, man. I respect it's nobody. Funny. I go out there to kill. You know what I'm saying? If I feel like I got like respect for anybody or something like that, then I feel like it's gonna like, you know, throw me off my game. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like I'm here to get money just like he is. You know what I'm saying? So you know, respect. When we in them lines, I can be playing my blood brother, whoever it is, you're gonna get this work. What you know what get, yeah. Hey, that fired oh, me the fuck yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. That fired me the fuck up. I'm telling you, like you know. when I first came here, like I was I was talking. Like, I'm here, like, I'm here to play. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that, I think that just come from, you know, just, you know, coming up. I'm my mama's only son. You know what I'm saying? I got seven sisters. Like, it's just like, I always felt like I had something to prove. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, I was always like an underdog, too. You know what I'm saying? Like, not being recruited, all this stuff. So, it ain't really no respect between them, between them lines. You know what I'm saying? I'm here to feed my family and get paid. Once again, if you're going to be a number one wide receiver in the SEC, you got to have a certain way about yourself. Antoine Juice Wells clearly has that. Now, did he just immediately put a target on his back for every opposing SEC corner for the 2023 season? Yeah, he probably did with that comment there. But, you know, again, I think that the way that Antoine Juice Wells sort of views the entire sport of football and the way that it is rooted in terms of how he grew up with his family, I think it really provides a ton of insight as to sort of how the home environments for these football players, at least some of these guys, can dictate the way that they carry themselves on the football field and how serious they take it. And honestly, it's the way that a lot of professional players in the NFL treat the game of football, which is that, look, you know, it's motto between you and me. And if you beat me today, you're basically taking money out of my pocket. You're taking food off of my plate. You know, that's maybe one less meal I'm going to be able to provide my family. And I know some of y'all are going to sit there and say, well, Andrew, most of the players that play in the NFL, they're all millionaires for the most part. So it's not like that, you know, they're literally fighting for week to week allowances or things of that nature. And yeah, sure. But you get the overall point here. If you want to thrive in a profession, in a competitive sport like the game of football, then this is the way that you have got to carry yourself. And this is where Antoine Juice Wells, in my opinion, really separates himself from a lot of former South Carolina wide receivers. Because it's not that I'm sitting here and saying that he's the first wide receiver to ever come through here and have this kind of mentality. I'm sure that Debo Samuel 
thought this way when he was playing for South Carolina. I'm sure Brian Edwards felt this way. Alshon Jeffrey, Sidney Rice, Sterling Sharp. The list goes on and on. Robert Brooks, all the great wide receivers that have played at South Carolina. But I can't ever recall a receiver, at least in my short time compared to some, having watched this football program where there's been a wide receiver that not only has sort of carried themselves in this manner on the football field, but also wasn't afraid to tell you that, hey, look, I don't respect you. Because if I do respect you, basically, I'm showing weakness. And I'm not here to play nice. I'm here to beat you on every single given play. And that's where, in my opinion, Antoine Juice Wells, honestly, he's going to build himself a great case to have a potentially breakout junior season compared to even what he did this past year, breaking a thousand receiving yards, maybe scoring double digit receiving touchdowns and vaulting himself into that first round discussion for the NFL draft in 2024. Oh, and to top it all off, Antoine Juice Wells was asked later in the show what his thoughts were on maybe some of the weaknesses that he had in his game. And this is what he had to say to Taylor Dewan and Will Compton. Quote, I don't focus on the weaknesses. I just go out there and ball. So again, Antoine Juice Wells, he is certainly different in terms of not really the way that maybe that he carries himself, but with how much he exudes that confidence about his game to everybody that he interacts with in terms of the game of football. All right, welcome back to today's edition of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, where we cover your team every single day in just 30 minutes. We're going to cap off today's show with some talk surrounding South Carolina's men's basketball program and a couple of big pieces of news that was announced on Monday afternoon. Let's start off with the piece of news that is arguably going to affect South Carolina the most, which is Chico Carter Jr., the senior guard who was from right here in Columbia, South Carolina, announced that he was officially entering the transfer portal. It was first reported by the media company Verbal Commits on Twitter and was then confirmed by a litany of other sources and reporters. So this one seems like that it's legit. It doesn't seem like that Chico Carter Jr. is probably going to come back to South Carolina for this next season. And admittedly, this is something that I myself just did not see coming. I thought that Chico Carter Jr. had a really big role for this team this past season, especially being a guy who was a big scoring throw, which we'll get into more in just a second. He averaged 9.8 points per game on 47% shooting and 48% shooting from behind the three-point line, which leads into my point of why this hurts South Carolina. There quite simply was no other player on this team that shot the ball as well as Chico Carter Jr. Now, I will follow that up by saying this. Chico has a very specific skill set on the offensive end. Chico Carter Jr., let's, let's just be honest. He is not a guy that's going to create for himself. He is not a guy that's going to be able to take guards consistently off the dribble and be able to give himself a really good shot opportunity near the basket, like Michi can, like Gigi Jackson can. Chico Carter's game is basically being a catch-and-shoot guy from behind a three-point line. That is where he thrives the most. And when South Carolina got him heavily involved in the offense last year and found ways to get him some open looks, he was a really big factor on this team. He was a guy that really helped South Carolina on the offensive end. Now, going along the flip side of the coin to the defensive side, 
That probably was also not one of his bigger strengths. I did feel like that he was a little bit better this past season defensively than he might have been in years past because we all know just how much Frank Morton asked of his guys on the defensive side of the court. And, of course, Lamont Paris is the same way. But for some odd reason, it just felt like that Chico was just a lot better in terms of his one-on-one individual matchups on the defensive end of the floor this past season. This one hurts South Carolina is where I'm getting at here. It really hurts them to a great deal because nobody shot the ball as well as Chico Carter. Michi Johnson did not shoot the ball as well as Chico did. He might be able to shoot from 30, 35 feet away from the basket, but he didn't do it at a 48% clip like Chico Carter did. Gigi Jackson was not as good of a three-point shooter. He was all right. You know, he had his games where he was pretty hot for behind a three-point line, but otherwise, Chico was that guy for the Gamecocks. So now... Lamont Paris and the staff, they're going to have to find somebody else to sort of fill in that role, which probably means that they're going to have to go into the transfer portal. Because as far as I know, Kyle Murray Boyles and Arden Conyers, who are the two signees for the 2023 recruiting class, while they both might be able to shoot the three-point ball every once in a while, I don't think either one of these guys are sharpshooters, to say the least. And there's not really another one of those guys on South Carolina's team. So... They're going to need to find somebody in the portal. And up to this point, there is a lot of targets out there for South Carolina. Honestly, too many to name. And the only reason why I'm not really going to dive into any specific prospects is because of the fact that there's been very little to no public information regarding, you know, who South Carolina is heavily in the game for outside of B.J. Mack, really. B.J. Mack, of course, plays the 4-5 or five spot for the Wofford Terriers and That's where South Carolina is, of course, looking to get him for their roster this next season. So Chico Carter Jr. entering the transfer portal now means that the Gamecocks have got to get another two guard. They got to get a two guard that can shoot the ball well from behind the arc. And thankfully these days, with the way that the game of basketball is, that is something that is probably not too difficult to find. The question is just going to be finding that right guy. Somebody that's going to be able to mesh with this basketball team and somebody that's going to be able to handle facing SEC defenses night in and night out. That is not going to be as easy. So we'll see, of course, how all that unfolds on that end. And then another piece of news that was quietly just under the radar because of the Chico Carter news on Monday was the fact that Michi Johnson is testing the NBA draft waters. Now, what this means is this. Michi Johnson is not leaving South Carolina. He is maintaining his collegiate eligibility. So essentially, he's not signed an agent, and he is primarily going to be going through the NBA combine in order to basically get a better idea from scouts on sort of how the NBA views him right now and what they believe he needs to work on in order to up his draft stock. Obviously, Michi Johnson is an exceptional athlete on the court. He's got solid ball handling ability. He's somebody that can take players off the dribble, can finish at the basket, and he has the ability to shoot the ball dang near probably from the logo, honestly, at the rate that he is going. So, Michi, of course, he does offer some positive qualities, but the problem for him is probably the fact that, you know, one, he had a bunch of injuries at Ohio State, so he's got an injury history there. And the other thing is, this was his real first year getting a chance to uh, sort of be handed the keys to the offense for a Power 6 basketball team. And again, Michi had his games where he just was flat out the main source of offense for South Carolina. But he also had some games, including some bigger ones against some really big-time opponents that 
he kind of disappeared a little bit on that end of the floor. So it'll be interesting to see how all of that unfolds as well. But I will just say this. He did indicate after the loss to Ole Miss in the SEC men's basketball tournament a while back that he did plan on returning to South Carolina for this upcoming season. So again, do not be alarmed by this recent development. He is strictly probably going through this process in order to just get better information on, again, what he needs to do to better prepare himself for the NBA. Something that any basketball player should take advantage of in this set of circumstances. But with that being said, y'all, that is going to do it for today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. What are y'all's thoughts on what Spencer Rattler had to say regarding South Carolina's offense and how complex the terminology was and subsequently, you know, why he came back to South Carolina for a fifth season. What are your thoughts on Antoine Juice Wells and the mentality he brings to the football field? And what's your reaction to Chico Carter Jr. entering the transfer portal? Let me know your thoughts on all of those topics down below in the comments section if you watch today's show on YouTube. Or, if you listen to today's show on an audio podcast app, you can hit me up on Twitter, at A-Line underscore SC, and I'll try to respond to your comment or message as quickly as I see it. And once again, thank y'all for making Lockdown Gamecocks your first listen here today. Now, for your second listen, I would like for you to go check out Locked On College Basketball, where experts Isaac Shade and Andy Patton bring you everything you need to know, both on and off the court. Plus, you'll hear from big-name experts, coaches, and players throughout the basketball landscape. Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. But once again, that does it for me on today's show. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I will catch you all on the next show of the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. 